Welcome to Meatheads. My name is Mark Malone. This week on Meatheads, we're going to be discussing our top meats. We're going to discuss 50 cent fat shaming at the Super Bowl and cardio controversy. Tune in for all of that and much more. First Nations Wireless is now First Nations Fiber. You've seen our team working through the community to get you connected. From the new development to the OCR, from the 207 to Clay Mountains, FN Fiber makes fiber optic internet easy for everyone. Coming to Gonhawaga soon. Visit radio.fnfiber.com to sign up today. So welcome to Meatheads. Uh, my name is Mark Lalone. With me, as always, the CEO of Total Fitness here in Gonhawaga, Derek DeLille. Derek, it is a pleasure, as always, to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this uh, this broadcast this week, this podcast, this emission we're putting out into the world. I'm super jazzed because one of my favorite topics at heart is going to be one of our main topics today, and that's going to be protein, specifically meats. Okay, So we called this podcast Meatheads not because we love meat, but honestly, if you're a vegan, maybe this next segment is not going to be for you. Uh, Derek and I are going to rank our top 10 meats, cuts of meat, kinds of meat and uh, all of those different kinds of things, because they're all, they all have value in the post-workout recovery process. Derek, can you shed some light for us a little bit on how much that protein helps in the post-recovery? Well, after you work out, your body needs to recuperate, and the first thing it's going to go for is protein, and you want to have the amino acids in your, in your body so it doesn't eat, eat itself. You know, so in a, in a perfect world, you want to have your protein, possibly some carbs with it after your workout. Now, some people choose protein shakes. I prefer sometimes meals, you know, to fill you up. It's more fun to eat than to drink a shake. I'm right there with you. I'm, I am I am a meal guy 100% post-workout. I always have my shake first thing in the morning. That's how I like to operate. And then uh, later on in the day, I like to have uh, a light meal after my workout with uh, some sort of complex carbohydrate, as you indicated. I love to have greens with my protein because it, I've noticed it helps me digest very well and makes me feel really good. I notice I have energy for a longer amount of time. And I notice also that, you know, I'm able to do, my brain is able to operate at a, at a higher level for longer. Yeah, that's right. I remember last time I was here, I was talking about how I, I started like a, a workout program trying to trim down. And what I did differently that I've never done before was not to have a protein shake after my after my uh, gym session. I'd simply go for um, a BCA drink. And I did that for probably the, the full month. And then I started realizing my, my performance was kind of suffering in the gym. Mm -hmm. So today, as I start my new phase, I started off with a protein shake and after I had that, I went home and I had a little bit more energy. I felt better. I just felt fuller, stronger, and happier. So I, I, I do believe you do need protein after your workout. Mm -hmm. And I gave it a try to see what, if I didn't, it'll, mm -hmm. help, it'll help lower my calories. But at the same time, my performance pretty much dropped. Right. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing as well. I noticed that I have more energy in the morning if I have that protein shake, especially if I teach a class or I'm working out first thing in the morning. I noticed also that uh, the later I work out, if I don't eat, some sort of protein beforehand, my workout suffers as well. So my performance in the gym suffers, fatigue sets in, my rest periods end up being longer. I'm sucking wind. I don't enjoy it. Speaking of sucking wind, we're going to get to, we're, we, just, we were just discussing cardio fat loss and we were going to put that down the agenda a little bit, but I wanted to, to touch base on it just now because you mentioned it earlier and we were talking about it. That's going to be in things that pissed us off this week in fitness, by the okay. way. So we'll get to that segment a little bit later on. But Derek was mentioning, uh, I was mentioning to him as well, that the two of us have added a little bit more cardiovascular exercise to our routines lately. Derek, you want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah. Well, people know me, a lot of my clients, they know I always, I never really believe in cardio 
you know, we used to say my cardio is just doing more reps on the squats. And I guess at that time in my life or that point in my training career, that's what I believed. I believe you, you didn't need much cardio. And this is also coming from somebody that was 25, 30 years old, where cardio didn't really benefit me anyways because my workouts were pretty, pretty demanding. But as we get older, I guess uh, my fat loss stalled. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, my calories are super low. I am training perfectly. What, 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 what do I need to add to my mix instead of even training more? I said, hey, let me just try some cardio. Mm-hmm. Somebody recommended. I'm like, okay, I have a bike at the gym. I have a treadmill. Let me, let me jump, just uh, jump on it for a bit and see how it goes. Right. So how often are you doing that these days? Well, I, when I started, the guy I look, that I got my information from, sometimes he recommended 45 minutes, three to four days a week. Mm-hmm. On my off days. So that would leave Tuesday, Thursday, and the weekends. Okay. So that's what I pretty much did for like the last two to three weeks. And in those last two to three weeks, my body fat dropped and my my overall weight dropped about 12 pounds. So I'm like, hmm, is this the Mm. missing factor of my training at at age 46? Right. And and I think we had this discussion downstairs. And what I told Derek and I'm going to tell all of our audience is that for both of us, we're not getting any younger. Our bodies are becoming less and less efficient and they take, it takes more reps to get the same result and more reps on aging joints tends not to be a great combination right. at the risk of sounding really old. I, I'm tr- <laughs> trying not to add load or reps to my routine. I, I don't want to go heavier than I have to because I want to get the same results as I did 10 years ago, but I also don't want to, you know, walk around all day like an old man, Frankenstein, stiff, broken, and sore. So adding that cardio, I'm putting in 20 minutes on the elliptical after my workout, you know, put on a movie or I play a card game on my phone or something for 20 minutes. No problem. Off I go. And I found that there has been a really, really good benefit for me. Yeah, it's, and it's not even just the, the fat loss. I find when I'm doing my cardio, the first five, 10 minutes, it, it does suck. But once you pass that time frame, then it's smooth sailing. You just keep going at it. You watch a video, you talk to a friend who's beside you, let's say, or mm-hmm. you just keep your mind occupied. And then when you're done, you feel so much better that you actually did do it. Mm-hmm. It's more of the accomplishment, like, wow, I did 45 minutes. I didn't just sit down and do nothing. You know, right. I didn't just skip it because I don't believe in cardio. So I said, okay. And then after I did, I felt great. I even went in on a, on a Saturday morning. I think it was about eight o'clock. And even one of my clients that goes there in the mornings on his own, he's like, Derek, what are you doing here? And I said, cardio. And they just started laughing like I was kidding. Like, <laughs> are you like, for real? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing cardio. I'm, I'm giving it a go. I'm seeing, I'm seeing what the rave is. And you know, when people say they get that runner's high mm-hmm. after my cardio, it's like, wow, I feel good. I feel pumped. I feel energized. And it made my workouts easier, if that makes sense. Like, I felt like I wasn't uh, breathing heavy during squats. I wasn't, I was moving freely. And I I just felt I had more energy at home to run around and do whatever I do. And, And we, of course, both know that, you know, it's largely recommended for most adults who are trying to be in shape that they should be doing cardio you know, up to an hour, six to seven times a week, whether that's, you know, a, a long walk at a, at a high rate or a run or, you know, riding an exercise bike or cross-country skiing or what, what have you. They should be doing that as well as weight training four to six times a week. Yeah. Realistically, we know next to no one does that, mm-hmm. but it's still a recommendation. So yeah. I know that at my age, I'm starting to see the benefit and, and I imagine you are as well. Well, you see, uh, I find a lot of people think they're going to burn too much muscle if they if they do cardio. Like, well, I'm training three, four days a week, and the, the extra cardio is going to burn off any muscle that I built. 
Mm-hmm. And I used to believe in that, but at the same time, every bodybuilder I've looked at in the say eighties and nineties yeah. back then, when mm-hmm. when car, uh, when cardio was really popular, yeah, they were doing cardio all the time to yeah. to trim down for contests. But I'm like, no, I can't do cardio. It's going to burn my muscle. But right. for them, it's not going to burn their muscles, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, it took me maybe twenty five years. So, hey, let me try cardio. Like, yeah. like not just try for the for a couple of times, but actually be on a program that yeah. that has a cardio day and yeah. actually follow it. Yeah, it's like I don't think people need to start off at an hour. Like, mm-hmm. It's easy to walk around the block for an hour, you know, and just have yeah. fun. Uh, being on a treadmill for an hour, it's it's kind of long. You could it's watch long. a movie, but it is kind of long. So I'd probably recommend people start off at 25 minutes, mm-hmm. move up to 30 minutes, 35, yep. 40. And then by that time, they're like, hey, this is simple. This is That's just right. part of my everyday routine. One of my fondest memories in life is the 2014 Women's Olympic Hockey Gold Medal Game. I started on the elliptical trainer in the first period of that game with Canada down 2 nothing, And I said to myself, I'm going to stay on here until they win. So they won in overtime, but I was on that thing for two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> that was a long day. But um, to this day, I look back going, I'm like, I didn't even feel that go by because my mind was so occupied. And you look back and you're like, wow, two hours and 40 minutes. Okay, well, I guess a marathon's not so hard in the end. <laughs> and so from there, I started, you know, doing half marathons and marathons. Oh, really? And, yeah. oh yeah, it's a whole different story. My running phase is behind <laughs> me now, thanks to my torn quadriceps. But I really did enjoy that day. And as you said earlier, yeah. that runner's high, man, there is nothing like it in the world. Yeah. Like you're just euphoric. Yeah. It's fantastic. I I would could if I could bottle that man, I would. Speaking of bottling things, we're gonna we're gonna touch base here. We're gonna move on and uh, touch base with our main topic of the week, uh, which is gonna be meats. So Derek and I uh, both sat down and plotted out our top meats, and uh, we're dying to hear how this is gonna go. Vegans beware! You might have the meat sweats when we're done here today. So if you don't, if you're not like really into that, I would highly recommend turning it off right now. Our top five meats. Oh my God! I cannot wait. Derek, what's well, five? Well, the five is gonna be albacore tuna. And it can't be any other tuna except that kind. Albacore tuna. Yeah, with some mayonnaise and some salt and pepper and just either eat it just out of the bowl. Right. Very rare I'll put on, or even if I put on a, on a sandwich or some lettuce, mm-hmm. it just, the taste of that tuna, it's much, because I grew up on the flaky stuff. Yep. The cheap stuff. Yep, star kissed. I, exactly. So when I had the, the chance to buy my own food, I'm like, I'm going to get this $6 can of tuna and see what it's all about. And it was the best tuna I ever tried. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. What do you what do you prepare that with? You said uh, I put mayonnaise on there and salt and pepper and yeah. that's it. And that's it. Eh? Yeah, you just mix it up and that's and, just and that's it. a meal. Yeah, wow. eat it like that. Albacore tuna. All right, all right, very good. My number five is a classic for bodybuilders and trainers alike: boneless, skinless chicken breasts. The ubiquity of boneless, skinless chicken breasts cannot be overstated. They are fantastic. Um, they're almost all one hundred percent lean meat. They are nigh flavorless, and can get really boring after a while. Right, right. How boring would you say? You know, we have a lot of chicken in the house. It's so versatile to make anything. I like to make, you know, salt and pepper chicken, Chinese style. And plain chicken, I would never just grill it and have a chicken breast on my plate. I find that I've lived off of that as a kid and just... Hard begin- pass. Yeah, like yeah. a beginner bodybuilder, you're like, yep, chicken yeah, rice. Chicken chicken rice. rice. Yeah, and they're and- all protein. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's no- nothing but good energy in But there. now it's got to be diced, sautéed, mixed up with veggies and right. some, some sauces mm-hmm. or 
I'm with you. That's why something. it's only five on my list. Yeah. It would be higher if if it weren't they just weren't so damn boring. Yeah, like it's high because it's versatile. Yep. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's really boring. Really boring. Poor chicken. So boring. Um, what I like to do is uh, is uh, I'll flatten it out, and then I'll wipe it down, drop it in egg wash, bread it in this homemade coating I do with some breadcrumbs, pan sear it in a little bit of oil, and then bake. And that turns out like a chicken parmigiana type thing. And my kids really like an Italian sandwich after I've breaded up the chicken breast that way. That's almost the only way they'll eat them these days. Because after years of me serving them, like, can we just not have any more chicken breasts? Yeah. Yeah, they're bored with it. So that makes sense to me. And so that brings us into our number four meat. Number four, Derek. Well, number four, I'm starting to, in the last little while, eat red meat. I never really ate much of it because I, I guess I didn't really know how to cook it too often. And I started watching some cooking shows on YouTube and how to make the perfect steak. I'm like, okay, let's try this. So I, I picked up uh, filet mignon and cooked it just the way they tell you to. And that's my number four, filet mignon or beef tenderloin. It's, it's a lean cut of meat. It's not so flavorful unless you season it and put that bacon around it. But that's my number four to go. Well, I almost would argue that we're almost on exactly the same wavelength there because my number four is top sirloin steaks. Mm. Specifically, there's a pack you get at Costco that's like four or five steaks. And it's uh, it's a little bit cheaper than their rib steaks or their New York strip steaks. And they're leaner. Uh, they have usually a strip of fat on the side, but I just cut the fat off and grill. And it is, it's a super lean beef that is really delectable. But as you say, you got to season it. What's your go-to seasoning for beef? I just put uh, usually just salt and pepper on mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and uh, see. It depends on what what kind of beef I'm making. True. Like this will go up on my higher end list, but I've learned to uh, to sear it, to roast it, to baste it in in a, in a cast iron frying pan, mm-hmm. and it comes out so well. Rosemary, mm-hmm. some garlic, some salt, pepper. Sounds fantastic. Mm, so good. I am uh, when I season my steaks. If I'm doing a top loin steak. I'm not going the full nine with seasoning because I know this is functional. These are meal steaks for to be cut up, stripped, and thrown in with spinach for me to do for meals during the day. So I, I don't go crazy, but I go with garlic powder, salt, pepper, and a hint of Montreal steak spice because I like the dill, which not everybody likes. So I, I like to get my top sirloins from Costco. Very quick seasoning. I use my California granulated garlic also from Costco, and that makes a delicious steak. So we're moving into number three. Our number three favorite meat. I was going to go with eggs, and I just realized eggs isn't a eggs meat. Eggs is not a meat. It's Sorry, not a meat. it's not a meat. I'd have to say bacon. Bacon. You oh, know, God. Yeah, bacon. Bacon is a good meat. Yeah, it's not a, a meat I'd eat on every Ooh, every no, meal. No, Like, I know once you cook it and the fat is gone, you're still left, but just three strips of baking along with your eggs or along with your chicken even adds a whole lot of flavor a whole lot of flavor so it's not a a sole source of protein for me but it adds protein flavor and a whole lot of happiness at the house well we we did say meats and not you know low fat meats Mm -hmm. so bacon is a meat and it qualifies beautifully um and it does go well with eggs which was i guess your original number three all things considered i was thinking that right now my number three is close to my number five is chicken breasts with back okay and the difference is of course the backbone, the, the 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 back that comes on it, because right. two things happen when you have bone in your meat: more flavor and more you have more forgiveness in terms of your cooking. So I can throw a bunch of chicken breasts with back in the oven, forty five minutes in a casserole, 
some seasoning. It's going to come out in 45 minutes, and those chicken breasts are going to be damn near perfect. And that's the difference between boneless, skinless versus right. chicken breast with back. Even with the skin off with the, on the breast with back, I would argue that they are just that much better. Um, so that's that's my that's my number three, and I'm super excited to get to number two. So <laughs> I really, really want to uh, talk about my number one too. So we'll get to those in a second. So number two, favorite meat. Derek. Well, right now it's going to be a, a rib steak. Mm -hmm. I made my own rib steak for the first time two weeks ago, me and my son. And I, that's where I followed this recipe I found online, how to braise it with your rosemary yep. and everything. Yep. Cooked it perfect and we sliced through it. And my son was like, dad, this is like butter. Yeah. I'm like, you know, if it wasn't so high in calories and price Fat, wise, yeah, yeah, and expensive. I, I wouldn't, I, I'd save that for like once a week thing, yep. you know, just... Because, you know, getting seven of They're those. so it's, good. Yeah, yeah, seven of those a week is asking a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of sneak it in for my lunch when no one's around. <laughs> I, I think that's hilarious because my number two meat is also rib steak. <laughs> uh, so I actually put rib steak slash rib roast because I like them both. But yeah. they are both, to my mind, they are the very, very best cut of beef. Most flavorful, you know, most tender, best all-around flavor and ability to like absorb the bone. When you have a steak on the bone, its ability to absorb charcoal smoke mm -hmm. and radiate it into the meat makes me a little bit happy. <laughs> Actually, it makes me a lot happy. We were discussing seasoning before. So when I'm talking about rib steaks, because it's a higher price point and it's bigger investment on my part, I go a little higher end with my garnishings. So I'll rub, I'll like dice fresh garlic yeah. And then rub that onto the meat instead of the garlic powder, a little salt, a little pepper, a little Montreal steak spice, and and then off you go. Yeah, and I have that big can from Costco with all the chopped up garlic, and that's yeah. what I use. Ah, so good. Fresh garlic is is just, it is really, really handy and goes a long way towards making your food go from good to great. So I'm excited now. <laughs> I am really excited. Number one, our number one meat. We're both going to spit it out, but Derek's going to go first because, well. Well, you've already mentioned my meat's kind of boring, but for me, it's very versatile. It's yeah. it's uh, plain old chicken. Plain old chicken. Yeah, so a roast yeah, chicken. A roast chicken. Eat half of it. I get tons of protein, tons yep. of uh, what I need. Yep. And it's very simple. It's cheap and it's good. Yeah. To me, there's something emo very, very emotionally satisfying <laughs> about going to the grocery store, yes. buying one of those hot roast chickens, chopping into half of it, eating my half, grabbing some greens, yep. and and and, and uh, there's nothing better in the world. When I used to work at a different gym, we used to uh, be right beside a um, a supermarket. Okay. And when you go in there and you can't cook anything, oh, so yeah. you look for those chickens and yeah. you rip it. You just sitting on your chair in your office. You rip half the breasts off. You're, yeah. You know, like a caveman. You yeah. Feel like you a warrior your face. You, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it wouldn't be the first <laughs> time I've done that, and it probably won't be the last either. So, you know, I'm right there with you. So my number one is very close to yours. It's super close to yours. In fact, it is the same as yours, but different. My number one meat is chicken shawarma on a spit. <laughs> I could eat 500 shishtauk shawarma sandwiches in a day. I could eat 500. Like you could, you could just keep like, oh, here, Mark, here's another sandwich. Just go ahead and eat. I'd be like, yes, please. I'll eat that sandwich now. Because I could eat shawarma till the cows come home. One of my favorite things to do, and I did it on the weekend, is I went to a, a Marche Adonis in the West Island where I live, and I bought a large tub of shishtauk chicken. You take the plastic top off, you you know, you know, cover it with saran wrap so you can open it, close it, put it in Tupperware, what have you. But every, just every time I want a meal replacement, or a meal rather, I go in there, grab a handful of chicken, throw it on top of some spinach, eat it, and meal. And healthy, fantastic, super tasty. It is 
bar none, my favorite meat. You know, you would have been great friends with my one of my childhood friends. His name's Eddie, and uh, his uh, his father was Lebanese. So every weekend I oh. go visit him. Oh, she had yeah. her own skewer. She had her own garlic sauce oh. so t- and she'd make it non-stop right and, and you know what mothers are sometimes like yeah hey, have more manja manja yes yeah. i'm like eat oh, more. i'm good i'm good and my buddy's just laughing eat, eat. and there's right. like the pita bread and then you're picking up with your hand and yeah there's oh it was just so awesome i'm sort of ashamed to say i don't enjoy garlic mayonnaise i don't like mayonnaise Shame on you all i've heard <laughs> that like people are like you don't know what you're missing i'm like i'm okay uh, most places I like to go, I like to have hot sauce instead of right. mayonnaise on my on my sandwiches. So that that sort of gets the the moisture into the chicken, as it were. But I could eat those those sandwiches without any sauce at all. They are like shishtok chicken is you know it's honestly it's to die for. And and I would I would I'd, I'd run into traffic for shishtok chicken. Yep, especially when you have the little crunchy parts. You know the yes, ones that overcooked. Yeah, the little yeah. crispy parts on the edge. The other day I went and and the lady started cutting those off. I'm like, no, no, put those on my sandwich. Yeah, you can, can you scrape the bottom and yeah. put it in my plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yep. that's exactly how that went. Awesome, fantastic. So this has been an absolute delight. Um, I love talking food. It's one of my favorite things, but I also love talking training. So. I thought it might be fun for us today to get into a quick quiz about our favorite lifts for different muscle groups. So now we've given you a way for all of our listeners to stuff their faces, but now we're going to give you guys a chance to, you know, work off some of those meat sweats. So Derek, we're going to talk legs. What's your favorite leg lift? It's going to have to be the squat. Yeah. Back squat. Back squat. Actually, you know what? I really enjoy the front squat. Yep. But I, I enjoy both. I've just... You know, since since I opened up my gym and I don't have machines, yep. I learned to love the squat. Yep. And even when I first started working out, I used to dive into those 20 rep squat programs mm-hmm. or powerlifting squat programs mm-hmm. or just squat, squat. That's all I ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it, everything just felt right when I do a good squat. Right. We, we all know that feel when everything just smooth. Yeah. It doesn't have to be heavyweight, lightweight. It just, it's a smooth. No, rep. it feels, if yeah. you, your heels are down, you're in and out of your 90 degrees, you feel yeah. good and there's no joint pain, which is, exactly which is why my, which is why back squats are not my favorite uh, leg lift. My favorite leg lift is probably familiar to you. I've done it at your place is trap bar deadlifts. Oh, right. I love trap bar deadlifts. Uh, one, cause I'm old. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're, they are designed to help folks who don't necessarily move as well as they used to into their 40s or have had some traumatic injuries to do the heavy, heavy squats. Mm-hmm. So I'll put, you know, 400 pounds on there and just go to work. And there's nothing more satisfying yeah. than when that massive weight hits the platform after you're done <laughs> and everybody looks around going, oh, how much weight is that guy lifting? Yeah. It really feels satisfying. I saw the dents when I came back to the gym after. Yeah. <laughs> It was a it was a lot of on and off. Uh, it was a lot of weight on and off. But I really it was really it was extremely satisfying. And those are my favorite trap bar deadlifts. I love them. Another favorite is lateral lunges. I enjoy those because it works my my tush. So I enjoy that. Chest triceps. Chest and triceps. I would have to say, I truly enjoy dips. Yeah. For, for the for both actually for yep. both mus- muscle yep. groups. Uh, bench press. I always end up hurting my shoulder. One time I tore a muscle doing bench press. Ooh. I still do it. But it's not my favorite. So for chess, I I would usually go for a dip. But I have this new bar at the gym. It's called a Swiss bar. And your hands are parallel. So yes. instead of having them uh, yes. pronated. Yes. And I find it gives me such a better so work. So it's a neutral a, grip instead of a pronated grip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it gives me uh, a better pump, a better feel. Yeah. 
So that's what I've been experimenting with for like the last month and I have no pain at all. So Swiss bar bench press. Right. Nice. Well, I got to say I'm, I'm pro heavy incline press with gusts up to decline press. I really like playing with the angle on my chest uh, exercises. And uh, both of those work for me because I, I'm successful at doing them. I have a lot of upper body strength, so it's easy for me. And so it feels good. So, you know, we naturally tend to be inclined towards those things in the gym that we do well. That's one of those things I do well. And those are my favorite. I like decline press because my shoulders are strong. So I can push more than most on average in that weight. So that feels good too, because everything's a competition. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we don't say it is, but we it is. We don't say it is, but it is. I'm thinking, wait, what's he benching? What can I do now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, hold yeah. my beer. Um, okay. So now we've gotten, we got into chest triceps, which are our pushes. So let's discuss our pulls, back biceps. Back biceps. I, I've been kind of loving the pull-up. Yeah. I've been... You know, as I trim down, I can do more pull-ups. Yeah, that's so the I fun part about feel. it is. Um, I learned how to do modified pull-ups so I can actually get a good feel for yep. them. There's so many back stretches. Actually, you know what? I did one today. And I right now, this is one of my favorites. It's, yep. it's, 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 I forgot the correct name for it, but it's it's a landmine row. Okay, yeah. But your your body's at a, is only at a 30-degree angle. So you're yes. not really bent over so much. Yes. And you're just rowing just until your elbow comes to your... Your, wa your waist? Yes, not, your waist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I got the biggest cramp in my lat and lap area. Yes, because was, your core has to work to pro provide support right. throughout. Yes. And I was like, well, I'm getting cramped. And I didn't use a lot of weight, maybe 25, no, 30. No, your oblique yeah. has to break your lat, and so your lat cramps. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is great. And you're walking, all of a sudden you got the, the suitcase feeling going on. You're yeah. Like, I feel it. It really feels so, good. I actually had a client doing that this morning. He's like, hey, that really feels good. I'm like, right? This is a client who uh, requires more core training but is a man in his 50s. So I have to train his core without telling him I'm training his core. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yep. So it's it, it was quite enjoyable for him to experience that and uh, the pump at yep. the same time. I, I was, I couldn't believe it. So yeah, so that nice narrow grip, mm -hmm. landmine row, you know, can be, I, I put, I threw uh, 25 pounds on there for him this morning and he yeah. was more than happy with that. And it's all about feeling that back muscle too. So yeah. there's there certain exercises that you can do that you can't quite feel it. Mm -hmm. Like I find if you're doing a bent over row, your lower back is uh, stabilizing you, your hips, your hamstrings. But when you, you do get it, a lot of hamstring yes. engagement. So yeah. if, if your legs get sore, you start, I find you start pulling with your back too yep. much and you're yep. like, okay, I got to switch around. So I do yep. one arm on mm -hmm. the landmine and for today it was like, Fantastic. Well, you know what? I'm going to stay in that same vein. I'm going to say my favorite back biceps is chest supported bent over rows in one of those in one of those apparatuses that allows you to throw a couple of plates right. on and pull in with the chest. Yep. Because uh, one, it keeps our shoulders and torso in place. It forces you to isolate just on the back and the biceps. Yep. Second is it's really tough. Yeah. Like it is tough. It's one of the more challenging exercises in the gym. And I, uh, I just, I, I love it. And I want to keep pushing numbers higher. Yeah. And it's cause you can't cheat on it. It's, you can focus more on pulling the weight back. We'll focus on the muscle of a, a quick story. I was training beside Cole Gruel. He was the over oh, yeah. 40 master yeah, masters world time. champion. Yep. And he had a 45 pound plate on there and he's repping out. He's jacked. He's veiny. I was stupid, 19, 20 years old. I, I'm on the T-bar right beside him. That wasn't supported. I had like three 45-pound plates on there. I'm swinging. I'm making the noise. 
I'm like, I must look like a total doof next to this guy. Yeah, he's, he's doing tight. His yes. reps are his reps are in rhythm, and he's... so it made me think. I'm like, okay, maybe the more weight isn't always better. No, so that's no, when I, that's when no, I started no. learning on my own and seeing what other people do, like people that are built see what they do not yep. not the big strong guy but right. the built guy well andre bejin was one of uh montreal's first bodybuilders back in the 50s and 60s and he has always espoused the idea of hundreds and sets of hundreds when i was when i was start, started studying under him in college in sejap he was having us do reps of 100 he was having me do 100 bicep curls with a broomstick it weighed nothing but by the time you got to 100 reps you're like okay i can really feel this now yep. So I applied that training for a few years, and in my 20s, it worked really well. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that in my 30s and 40s, hundreds don't work nearly as well. You'd have to break up the 10 sets of one or There's, 10 sets of 10. It is, it is obscene mm-hmm. how, how much harder that is to do into your 30s and 40s. So I don't recommend it for anybody in their 30s and 40s. But if you're going to do it, go yeah. light yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you really have to. So those are, those are among my favorites. So we would be remiss if we left out abdominals. So do you have a favorite abdominal exercise? Well, they all kind of suck. I don't like any of them. Yeah, they all suck. But I do actually feel when I'm doing, say, um, a leg raise on an incline bench. Yes. So I can get that extra little rotation at the top. Yep. And I, I do my reps nice and slow. I try to feel it so I don't need 30, 40 reps. You know, right. Maybe 10 to 12. And In the decline. Yeah, on the decline yeah, position. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I like those ones too. Um, my favorite uh, abdominal exercise is good old-fashioned plank. Because I like challenges, mm-hmm. and so I like to just hold that as long as I possibly can. So I've been doing my my sets at three minutes the last little while, which is um, oh, that's good. It's a long it time. Is. It feels I was going to really say long. it feels like half an hour when you're doing like yourself. Yeah. yeah. So three minutes is is long. So I've been doing you know you do you, you you I work through a mini circuit. So I'll do like one abdominal exercise, the three minute plank, and another abdominal exercise. By the time I'm done those three, I'm like you know what I'm ready to move on to another muscle group. Thank you very much. All right. But the ones I would add also would be something I call a bench crunch, where I lie on a bench and I start my knees up in a tabletop position. I hold the dumbbell up over my sternum with two hands clasped under the top part of the dumbbell. Then I push my legs out almost like a leg raise and I extend the dumbbell back over my head. And then using my upper abdominals, I crunch everything back together. Knees in dumbbell in okay and that to me is uh is one of my favorite little ones i'm going to show that to you one time the next time i come in right here yeah uh well i don't know if we have a dumbbell in the studio but you know downstairs downstairs yeah we have a couple dumbbells downstairs (laughs) i'm not i'm not going to say their names so we're things that pissed us off this week is cardio so i'm going to go ahead and ask you now we're going to switch gears and say hey What's your favorite cardio exercise? You mentioned you were running and biking. Are those uh, one, um, are those the number one? Yeah, I never said running. I don't run. Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah. Either the walking on the treadmill, yeah. which I found didn't really do much for me. Right. My heart rate didn't increase. No. But the uh, biking. Biking. It gave me a high heart rate. And after I'm done 30, 40 minutes of it, I feel fantastic. Right. Legs feel pumped. And I just, that's my thing. Right. Bike. Well, biking is my second favorite. When I first started teaching spin classes, I thought to myself, I'm going to hate this. Mm-hmm. And I freaking loved it. I couldn't believe how my opinion changed once I started teaching them. Because you get out of there after 45 minutes or 50 minutes of spinning, you are you are gassed, but like you're a weird sort of mm-hmm. alive gassed. It's not <laughs> it's not as demanding as a 45 minute weight training workout. No, not at it all. It doesn't nearly put the load on your body, so you're sort of pumped up. Uh, that was mine. But my number one 
cardiovascular exercises because I am a big dude. Battle ropes. I love battle oh, ropes. Right, right. They are my number one. I love them so much. I use them to warm up. I use them to finish. I use them all over the place if I can. Uh, I know you got a couple. I I bought three pairs three years ago, and I am very very pleased with my expenditure. They have uh, more than outlived their usefulness over that time. Speaking of cardio, the Super Bowl was recently. The halftime show was a whole bunch of really amazing hip hop artists: Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent was there. 50 Cent showed up. 50 Cent was hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And there has been, there's been a a lot of discussion online about how 50 Cent is more of a buck now because he was wearing a tank top, a white tank, he was performing in a white tank top that, that he used to perform in effectively back in 2003 when, you know, Into Club first came out. It is inarguable that 50 has his body has changed over the years, much like many of our bodies have changed over the years. Is it appropriate to make fun of 50 for his weight gain? Well, see all the people that are probably looking at him and remember him looking like that. We're all that probably at that age too. So mm-hmm. we're all looking at him laughing and the people that are laughing probably just look like him themselves. I find when we have somebody that we enjoy, we look up to, we picture them in a certain in a certain way. So when we see them many years after when they come out of retirement or whatever the case is, they're not that lean self anymore. Right. So we we tend to, sometimes our memories are trapped in the past. Right. So when I remember Paul Kogan, I remember him big and beefy. Now he's skinny and scrawny. 50 Cent, I remember him talking about working out and people were accusing him of steroids and he's all jacked all the time. Right. And now when you're not working out, like you're 25 anymore. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that he was there doing his thing and people mm-hmm. should enjoy his music, not just, oh, he's got a little belly. Well, I would argue that 50 actually looked not bad for a man his age, first. Mm-hmm. And second, I don't really care what he looks like because I still grooved to the song, still enjoyed it. I'm not sure how much he enjoyed hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like that would, be, that would be the way that I would go ahead to express my artistic creativity. But hey, mm-hmm. to each their own, right? right. I, he was a real pleasant surprise to have show up. I thought it was really cool. And so I will remember it pretty fondly for yeah. a long time. Like you had what the five, his five greatest hip hoppers that were online or on the stage. Five uh, or yeah. six. Yeah. yeah. So be happy that they're all there at the same time doing their thing and everybody's grooving to it. Yep. And they, uh, we even had California love for the late Tupac. So right. So that is, I, I suppose that is probably a pretty fair statement. I mean, fifty is not twenty five anymore. Mm-hmm. He is, he's almost fifty. Yep. You know, so he looks 50. Well, you know what? Great. Yeah, he was up there doing it, not just sitting back. And, and enjoying chicken wings during a halftime show like exactly, the rest of us, right? Exactly. So give, give 50 some credit. He put himself out there. So we're on to our favorite part of the week, things that piss us off in fitness. And as we've teased throughout the show, that thing is going to be cardiovascular exercise. Derek, why do we hate cardiovascular exercise? Sometimes I think in, in our mindsets, because it doesn't build muscle, it doesn't make us look jacked. It's something we see, I don't know if it's right to say, but women doing it on the treadmill with their coffee in their hand, just going easy. So when we think about cardio, we're like, yeah, that's not hard. But when you actually start doing it properly, you're like, yo, man, this is a workout. This is this is beneficial to me. Yes. And I can argue that I, I am not alone in having that, Not maybe not I wouldn't say women because women mm. train very hard, but Nowadays, I would argue yeah. that maybe that lackadaisical exerciser you see in the gym, walk in, look around, doesn't have a plan and just starts getting on an exercise machine with 
no rhyme or reason for yeah. what he or she is trying to do. And as you say, people who are in the gym and who treat the gym with respect as a place of as a place of self-improvement, which most lifters do, and I'm very proud to say, that I think that can make us resentful sometimes. You know, I was at a public gym way, way back when, and I went in the morning because I did my morning workout and I went to work. And there was always, we used to call them the coffee club. The coffee and club. And unfortunately, at that time, it was just the women that come in and they did have their coffee and they're talking about their days and they're, mm -hmm. they, they weren't making a sweat. They're all done up, looking good in the mirrors and stuff like that. So right. at a young age, that's how I envision cardio. Right. I'm like, I ain't ever doing that. But yeah, like you said, now the women do train hard now. Yeah, no, but... I, uh, I watch my daughter train and I'm like, kid, I need to train like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. So yeah, I, that's one of the things that pisses me off. Like I honestly, I'm ADHD. Anybody who works with us, it's immediately evident. Anybody who knows me personally, it's immediately evident. So for me, cardio is boring as hell. So a couple, I have a couple of my mental tricks I play on myself in order to do cardio. First is... I play some card game on my phone. I love playing online poker. So I play online poker on my phone and that way I'm moving my legs and body and sweating while it happens. The one drawback to that is I'll put the phone on the machine and I'll sweat on the phone. So sometimes it'll bet when I don't <laughs> want it to bet. Do you know what I mean? Because yep. the sweat drip falls on the phone. And then other times the phone doesn't work because I've just sweat dripped on it and it thinks that's my finger and now the finger's not working somewhere yep. else. So, <laughs> Be that as it may, those are those are my issues about cardio. And the other issue is, I get again, my other mental trick is when I'm out running. I love, I like running outdoors. That's that's my favorite outdoor cardio. It's it's not great for my quad, my my torn quad, and my knees, and my arthritis. Don't love running, but after I feel after I've done a little bit of it, boy, do I feel good. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like to give myself really short goals. So I'll be like, okay. Telephone pole, one telephone pole after another. So I'll be like, okay, oh, I just, you know, I did 200 telephone poles. Well, I just did a 7K run. Perfect. No problem. Yeah. But one telephone pole at a time. Yeah. Just one. Short-term goals mean everything. Yeah. I think that's about what we've got for today. Uh, Derek, it's been a pleasure. This has been Meatheads. I would highly recommend for all of us to keep our eyes on the prize in training. And as we always say around here, movement is medicine. Derek, any final thoughts? Any parting thoughts? No, I just uh, hope everybody's getting back to the gyms because I think they're opening up soon. If they're not open now, uh, I think they're all they're open at fifty percent capacity yeah. in Quebec. They will be open at one hundred percent capacity on March fourteenth. But I would recommend that um, you know maybe not so much uh, gyms outside of Ganawage, but hey, maybe mm -hmm. check in on Total Fitness. Yeah, check us out. Yeah, so that's... We don't close. No, never closed. Nope. It's, um, and it's a one-stop fitness shop. So I, everything you need is in there. It's been a pleasure as always. This has been Meatheads. My name is Mark Lalonde. Eric, Thank as you. always, it's been wonderful. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to Meatheads. And please, please check out our other podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out the front page, profiles, and the beating table. views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your divas and its employees.